Looking for the best way to avoid Chicago on your way across the country? With its sandy freshwater beaches, incredible theater, world-class museums, and so much more, we're going to tell you why Chicago is more RVer-friendly than you might have previously thought. That and so much more on this episode of RV Miles. Welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and so much more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are so excited to be here with you for the second episode of the RV Miles podcast. And you can find show notes for today's episode at rvmiles.com slash episode two. And you can also keep up with RV Miles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk to you about RVing in one of our favorite cities in the country, Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be afraid of, and we're going to tell you all the tips and tricks. And we're going to talk about some gear to help keep your kids safe. We've got a new brain teaser Ooh. and so much more. <laughs> uh, but we're going to start off with talking about the news. And uh, the news item we want to talk about today is it, it's been in the, in the news for a few weeks now. Um, that RV sales are really on the rise this year, big time, right? Yep. They're up actually 10% over the same period last year. Uh, we have an article on the website. Uh, which we will link to in the show notes, so you can it's, read it there. You know, it's called RV sales up over the same period <laughs> last year, if you care. Um, but 10% in a year, that's a big jump. And RV sales have been on the rise year after year since the market crash in 2008, but 10% is huge. Yeah, and this isn't really anything I find very interesting. This is definitely Jason's area of (laughs) information. He does love his stats, but I have to say that I did really find this quite interesting and fascinating only because there were two things that really caught my eye. First, that they're saying that the sale of Class A's has gone down. It's gone down 7% this quarter. And that instead what's happening is Class B's and Class C's are on the rise. And in fact, a Class B was up 35% from last year's sales. Yeah, these stats are from the first quarter of this year. And obviously, we're well into the second quarter. It's almost, well, it just ended, actually. Yeah. So, those- so the second quarter stats will be out shortly, and those will be interesting to see as well but yeah seven 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 point seven almost eight percent down yeah. for for class a's you know going against 10 being 10 percent up that's you know a big swing of almost 17 percent and i think it's weird to say this because a class a is still relatively tiny compared to what you've probably come from but i think some of this has to do with the tiny house movement the idea that less is more. And so when you're going to look at purchasing some kind of trailer or RV or motorhome, then you are kind of thinking, how much can I have in here without taking so much space? Yeah. And that's really reflected in class B sales. Yeah, absolutely. Class B sales are up 35.8%. That's such a big number. I was so surprised. So people are really, and, and travel trailer sales are yeah. up quite a bit. So people are really looking to go small uh, when it comes to purchasing their RV. And I think part of the reason for the influx in them is people are 
more and more people are going full-time and and living Mm -hmm. in them as well. I just thought it was interesting, too, since we're talking about um, towables, that already for 2017 in that particular quarter, that travel trailers, that they had sold over 107,000 travel trailers, and yet the next thing that was closest to it was fifth wheels, and those were only 30,000 in sales. I mean, that's a huge... That's a huge number, like difference yeah. between the two. Yeah, and and the the total towable section, which also includes pop ups and uh, truck campers, is one hundred forty two thousand almost. Whereas motorhomes were only twenty one thousand. So that just kind of shows you the the breakdown of what people buy. That really not a lot of motorhomes compared to trailers get sold. Um, and that's every year. Right? And I think it's price driven too. I mean, and we've talked a little bit about this, but you know, when you talk about a fifth wheel and you're not just needing to purchase the fifth wheel, like you're going to have to pull that fifth wheel with some type of truck. And let's say if you didn't own that prior yeah, to going a into beast it, of a truck, yeah, really. you're looking at making another hefty investment where perhaps maybe with the travel trailer, that's not quite the case. Again, I don't know yeah, exactly you have what's a big, being purchased. You have a big SUV, you have a smaller truck yeah. that, that can pull a travel trailer. And, and I think that's a lot of the reason absolutely why. But it seems like if this is the particular trend, then... This is not at all like what we, when we talked about purchasing, this was not at all in our world. Like we talked about a fifth wheel. We talked about a class A. Obviously in the end, we opted to do, um, purchase a school bus and convert that into the RV that we wanted specifically for our family. But, you know, one of the things about the class A that has always been kind of hard for me to wrap my head around is how expensive they are. And I think that this this report showing that they're down 7% kind of speaks to the fact that they are incredibly expensive and more and more people are hitting the road. More and more people are wanting to go full-time or part-time or even just really extensively weekenders. And a class A isn't always realistic. Well, and, and what that, the, the converse of that is what that might mean for you if you're looking to buy a class A is now is the time. Yeah, get it while it's hot. You know, the companies <laughs> have built these and, and they're, they need to sell them off before the new models come in. And, uh, you know, especially I know Winnebago has a deal going on right now where you can get, uh, if you buy a Class A diesel pusher, you can get a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty if you buy it before the end of August. That's such a good deal. That's incre- I mean, that's such a good deal. I mean, that's like bumper industry. to bumper, right? Yeah. Like, and that's such a good deal. And you and you, you know, you'll never put a hundred thousand miles on an RV in three years. But if you do, that's awesome. You, you man, you are traveling. But the standard is usually one year, fifteen thousand miles, something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah. So, so that's it's it's really incredible. And I imagine some other manufacturers have some some great deals out there that that you might want to check out as well. I think a lot of us are seeing this on the road too. That that there are a lot more RVers out there. And it's harder and harder to get a campsite. You know, I think summer is always a busy season and people are realizing yet again this year that it's just worse than it was last year. (laughs) And and you have to book out earlier and earlier. It's a really busy time in in the industry and I think that's great for the industry. Maybe we'll start to see... Some things like quality improvements. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully maybe we'll some see design some, shifts. Some design changes would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe just a little less some of variation. This, yeah, maybe a <laughs> few less scenic, like 
landscapes on... A few less swoops and swirls. Swoops and swirls. Maybe some color. Color. That'd be cool. Um, but also maybe we'll see some campgrounds being built too, you know? I mean, if, if, yeah, the, if totally. the industry is booming, then you would expect that... Yeah, you have to meet the demand. Yeah, supply and demand. So who knows? But it'll be interesting. And we're going to keep our eye out over the next few weeks. We'll look for second quarter numbers. And it'll be really interesting. And we'll come back and revisit those in a later podcast. But just to look at the two and see as we're winding down through the summer season. Because I would assume that some of of these numbers include um, RV shows. Yeah. And sales that would have happened there at the RV shows. And spring is usually a really big, winter into spring yeah. is usually a big time for RV shows, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. So I'll be curious to see what summer numbers look like. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, okay, so we got a letter. We did. We did. We got a what? letter. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, letter writer. Thank you. Jim A. from Alabama. Thanks, Jim. Wants to know. Is there a viable electric vehicle for four, four-wheel down towing? He writes, the idea of plugging in an electric towed or, you know, an, a, a car that you pull behind your motorhome at the campground and not having to fuel it up is really exciting. So, yeah, it would be great to be able to plug your electric vehicle so cool. into the campground post. <laughs> That'd be so great. Jim wants to know, will the new Tesla 3 be capable of being towed four wheels down? Tesla so 3. The Tesla 3 is really big Ooh. in the news right now. We've known the Tesla 3 was coming for a while now. The, the 3 is their consumer model. It's, it's the Abbey version, it's as the, I keep saying. Like, they finally kind of just created a car that was a little bit more accessible to me. And I'm very excited about it because it looks so good. It's it's 35000 is the retail mm. price. Solid price. Which That's is, good. you know, quite a bit less than their other models. <laughs> quite a bit. And... The question being whether you'll be able to pull it behind your motorhome is something that we really don't know the answer to because they just they just are starting to show us what the Tesla 3 looks like. People were able to pre-order it and get on mm-hmm. a waiting list. So, you know, good luck buying one right now. But Just as make a reservation for, what, two, three years? It'll yeah. be like a campground. When you book your campground, book your Tesla. Like, there you go. So we don't know if you'll be able to tow it for down, but it doesn't look good. Because other Tesla models that exist so far, you actually can't even tow those on a dolly trailer. They want you to tow those on a flatbed trailer, even just for emergency situations. Teslas are such high maintenance. (laughs) You've moved on already. I've already moved on. (laughs) I'll get another. I'll get a different electric car. Is there one I can? We can tow. That's more realistic. <laughs> so actually, there are a few options for you, Jim. Actually, there are two vehicles that you could purchase that are actually kind of tried and true, and our viewers have been using them for a couple years. And they're both made by Ford. It's the C-Max Energy and the Fusion Energy. Um, the Energy stands for plug-in. It's their plug-in hybrid. So it actually does have a motor inside of it, or a gas motor inside of it, along with the electric motor. But unlike other hybrids, these cars, you can turn off the gas motor and just use the electric. And just drive on the electric? Yeah. That's kind of cool. It is. The downfall is you can only go 20 miles on electric. Uh... Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's not quite <laughs> the quality of, of a Tesla in terms of, you know, battery power and stuff. But 
if you want to plug into the campground overnight, charge the thing up, and you're only going to be trotting around for about 20 miles during the day, that's great. If you're going to be going further, you just kick in that gas motor and, and you keep going and you're still going to get fantastic gas mileage. The big benefit of these vehicles is they're about twenty seven thousand for the for the C Max and the oh Fusion's wow a that's really more. a good price. Plus you get a four thousand dollar or so tax credit, and that's even better. Yeah. So um, and and again, people have been using these, so it's a tried and true option. It's not going to void your warranty to tow it for down. Ford actually right. allows that. Now the tax credit, though. Just so we're clear, that's only up into a certain number of cars are sold, isn't it? Like yeah. two hundred thousand. I, I believe. I think that's the number. Somewhere it's like in there, there was a government tax credit for buying electric vehicles or hybrids, and it's it runs out once so many are sold. And I think it is two hundred thousand. That is your um, answer to the Tesla three, is the Ford. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well, but you know, awesome. I mean. Ford C Max, the, the C Max Energy is is the is the most common one, and I, I think you'll really like it if you check it out. Yeah, and we'll li- we will link to this article in the show notes again. And hopefully, and- as electric vehicles become more and more popular, maybe some manufacturers will start to recognize the needs of RVers and and, and maybe campgrounds will too. And then you'll have a little station where you can plug your car in when you get to the campground. Yeah, I will say that is something you might run into is that campgrounds are getting wise to the fact that people are <laughs> plugging in their their plug-in hybrids at the campground and they're not always crazy about it especially if you have like your 50 amp rv plugged in and then additionally into the same post you're plugging into your car so mm-hmm. always plug it into your rv itself so that you're not and then put a the sheet post. over it and just be like oh no nothing nothing is. to see here or what our kids yeah. always say we're just talking about soccer that's <laughs> what our kids say every time they're doing something or talking about something they don't want us to know about Nothing. We're just talking about soccer. <laughs> so if you have a question for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com, and we'll try to answer it on the air for you. You can also send us a message on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere that you might find us. Yes. And we'll try to try to get your answer for we you. We love letters. We love hearing from people. Plus, it gives us kind of an idea of what we should be writing about and talking about and, you know, where... Our minds are as consumers in the RV industry, so it's really great to hear from people. So thank you to those who have already reached out, and thank you to those who will in the future. All right, we'll be right back with the answer to last week's brain teaser. Oh, I don't know if I can wait a whole commercial break. (laughs) And we're going to talk about (laughs) some gear to help keep your kids safe when you're out on the road or hiking in the wilderness. Awesome. We'll be back. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by RV Share. Whether you're looking to rent an RV or rent out your own, RV Share has you covered. With options across the country, there's an RV rental or renter out there for you. For more information, visit rvmiles.com/rvshare and get started today. Kind of, but please refresh me. So, B Zaro. Oh yes, B, my good friend B. B Zaro is his name. Yes, yes. B, period, Z A R R O. We've all got it. We've all got it, Jay. <laughs> B 
Bizarro claims to come from a parallel universe where afternoon become, comes before noon, tomorrow comes before yesterday, and later comes before now. You don't need to go to a parallel universe to see the same things happen. Where else can you see this? I actually know the answer. You do? I do, but that's because I cheated. You cheated. I looked in the book. <laughs> so I won't say it. And I know it's awful. I just couldn't. I needed to know. And I was tired. I looked like days ago. So <laughs> The answer, of course, is a dictionary. Yes, a dictionary. In a dictionary, yes. in alphabetical order, afternoon comes before noon, tomorrow comes before yesterday, and later comes before now. That is just so clever. That's the cleverness you're going to get on <laughs> the RV Miles Brain Teaser every single week. So yeah. I hope you're all excited about that. Yeah, if they tune in for nothing else, they will tune in for the Brain Teaser. I just know it. We'll have our new Brain Teaser at the end of the show. All right, so. Moving on. We Let's wanted to talk to, about safety. <laughs> talk about safety. Uh, you know, we've got three kids. We're out on the road full time with our children, and a lot of you might be families, or you might have grandkids that you're going out and about with. Or maybe you yourself just need to yeah, amp up your these are safety. These great for yeah. adults as well. I know. That's what's kind of cool about this list is I think that these things could transfer into any sort of RV lifestyle. It doesn't matter whether or not you have kids, pets, whatever. So we're going to talk about four items that that are here to help your kids be safe while you're out and about. And the goal here is not to helicopter parent. No, it's the opposite, it's, really. Yeah, it's about... It's, it's freedom. Yeah, it's about giving them items that, that help you feel safer to give them the freedom to be out there and help them feel safer. Yeah, because that's well. a big... I think that's a big deal with our son, who is soon to turn 10, is that he is looking for some independence and he is looking for a little bit of freedom. And I think any way that we can give that to him while also sort of recognizing, you know, safety parameters wherever we are, I think is always a really great thing. And it allows us that confidence that we need in order to send him off wherever we may be. And, and try as we might. An, uh, an RV park or campground is not the same thing as your neighborhood back home. Things aren't familiar. Everywhere you go, it's new and you don't know the territory and kids can get lost. And Yeah, and everybody is super nice in a campground and it's never about that particular environment. But it seems like for us that we have this really great knack of picking the one camp spot that's about like three miles from the playground. <laughs> like it never fails, no matter how hard we try. And our kids, they want to go to the playground. All the camp, you know, the campground kids are over there. Mm-hmm. And these are just a few things, or they want to be able to run around with their friends in the campground at night, you know, and have a good time. And these are just a list of things we have come up with. The first one being the road ID identification and medical ID bands. Yeah, you could get you could get ID bands from really anybody. But what we really love about these, Road ID again is the company. The these these bands were originally invented for uh, for people who hike or bike or run long distances. And because of that, they come in all kinds of different colors and styles. They're fully customizable, like five or six lines of text. You can put your kid's name. You can put phone numbers. You can put their medical information on there. 
uh, any allergies they might have. And in addition, you can actually sign up for their, their yearly subscription, which has a phone number that, a, say, a paramedic could call for more information about your child's health. Right. And we haven't subscribed to that particular part of this ID band, but I do think it's really great that we have a couple of children that do have some um, extra special sort of like medical challenges. And I think to be able to have that information there should, for whatever reason, we get separated from them. And it has happened that we have been separated from a child. It happened to us when we were in Disney World. And man, it happened so fast. And our then five-year-old just, he, we went one way and he went the other. And that was like a really long 20 minutes before we got him back. And it's one of those things that you don't expect to happen to you no. until it does. <laughs> but Ethan, you know? he's always just kind of a lingerer. He just, you know, he likes to hang out in the back and kind of do his own thing. And he was really engrossed. And I think he had his um, his stuffy, his stuffed animal with him. And I think maybe they were having a conversation. And Ethan just decided to go in a different direction. And by the time we flipped around and looked, Ethan had blended off into the crowd. Yeah. And it turns out that Disney World is... One of the best places to lose oh, a child yeah. if I it's going to happen because they are so on top of that. Magic Kingdom went on lockdown. I mean, oh, they probably man. put a big, like, you know, dome <laughs> over the whole place. They had every cast member looking out for him, and they're all on the radios talking to each other, talking back to us. Uh, it was really great, and we were really happy with the way they handled the situation and took care of him. Uh, but anyway... Uh, an ID band is a great thing yeah, to Yeah, because, you know, he was really upset and he was too scared to talk to anybody to even give the phone number of his mom or his dad. He was so scared once he realized what was happening. And he is a, kind of a shy child to begin with. And he just kind of like shut down. And I, you know, if we had had something like that, that they could have just accessed without causing him more anxiety, mm-hmm. God, I think that would have been great. You, you might have an older child who... God forbid something happens to them that they can't talk to a paramedic and they can look on this band and, and yep. get the information and contact yeah. you. So it's, a, it's great. Again, Road ID is the band. And again, you can also check out this article that we'll link to in the show notes. Yeah, and we'll have links to all of these products in that article as well. So moving on, what's next? Light up armbands. Oh, yeah, the armbands. They're so cool. The Uh, armbands are cool. Night Eyes makes these. You've probably seen them at, like, Cabela's. They're they're slap bracelets. Yeah, slap bracelets. If you're of our generation. If you're a 90s kid, (laughs) you know what slap bracelets are. Yeah, you you sort of slap them onto your arm, and they're straight, and then you slap them onto your arm, and they (laughs) curl around your arm and attach to it. They're great. And these light up. And what's cool about them is that you can put them on your wrist, you can put them on your ankle, you can use a carabiner to hang them from a backpack or a belt loop, and they're they're out of the way for the kid. You know, it's not like them walking around with a flashlight or a headlamp. They're they're yeah, they're the kids keep are free. Them on. They're yeah. free to play. And we found that to be kind of like the biggest issue as we've been traveling and being in campgrounds at night and the kids have their friends or the kids just want to kind of go around and they want to play. Well, eventually someone's going to set the flashlight down. The headlamp is going to disappear. No matter how many times I say, please don't put the flashlight down. Please keep the headlamp on. 
they're going to do it. They're running around. They're playing. And we had had a situation where a, one of our kids was running around and tripped into a uh, tripped over a fire ring. And it, there was no fire or anything in it. And there hadn't been a fire in it. But he banged his shins up pretty, pretty bad. And, you know, this was kind of after repeated, like, requests to keep some form of illumination with him. And I remember being like, we have to figure something else out. I want them to go off and play and be kids. But it's pitch black dark here. And they have to have something to be able to, like, show the way. Well, and for us to be able to see them from a that distance. That too, you know, yes. We can see them at, like, 500 feet away with these, these bands on. We can yeah. see that they're there and they haven't moved out of our sight and that's really a great comfort yeah they're really great they have a an incredibly long battery life on them wasn't it like 100 hours or something 100 hours and you can replace the battery it's the little disc batteries but you can replace them and they come in different colors you can have them on solid or flashing they're reflective so cars can the reflective is a really great bonus to it as well so it's the night eyes n-i-t-e-i-z-e is the brand night eyes slap lit led slap Man, say that five times fast. I I won't. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) let's move on to the next item. (laughs) Uh, Safety whistles. Ooh, the whistle. Yeah. Uh, Really loud, piercing sounding safety whistles. Never to be used unless you absolutely have to use it. Right. These aren't aren't for the kids to sort of play around with. These These are for an emergency. And, you know, they're great for hiking. If you're out on a hike and your party gets separated, you can whistle to each other to find each other. Or just as your party as a whole, you're you're in danger, there's a problem, you need help. Yep. You can try to find some other hikers. And again, it happens. You get you don't think that you're gonna get separated from your kid on a hiking trail, but sometimes they run ahead and turn the wrong way or something. Well, I just happens. I think that anyone, regardless again, if you have kids, if you're headed off on a hike or you're headed out into backcountry, like the whistle is kind of a universal sound for like, I need help. Yeah. And so to have one on you, you can, you know, you can whistle out SOS. You can just, you know, I think it's such a great thing to have. And it's so small. You can put it on your backpack. You won't even know it's there. It won't add any weight to your gear. Like it's great. And you know, I'm, we have a couple of them and I think I love them. So we like the Heimdall safety whistle with lanyard. It's sold in a two-pack from Amazon for under 10 bucks. Oh, that's why we have a couple of them. It's shrill. <laughs> it's loud. You can clip it on your belt, or you can loop the lanyard onto a backpack or a zipper pull, so you always have it on them. You can put on their coats. Um, so they're really great uh, to have on hand. The next thing that we really like is the uh, is to have a two-way radio or a walkie-talkie. And we first ran into this at a campground where our kids met a new friend. Oh, right. Yeah. And I remember. Yeah, and she had... Sterling was her Sterling, name. Sterling. 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 Hello, had, Sterling's family. Sterling had walkie-talkie to talk to her parents at the campground. And again, it wasn't a helicopter parent thing. It was... Okay, she can run out and be free. And when it's time to come home for dinner, they can say, hey, Sterling, it's time to come home. Or they can say, you know, just checking in. How are are you? you? Yeah, because that was another campground there in New Orleans where we had a great spot and it was so beautiful. But we couldn't see the playground. 
Like we had no visual of it whatsoever. And the kids wanted to go over there. And, you know, unfortunately the four-year-old could never, couldn't go unless I went, I just wasn't that comfortable, but we would send at our time, our six and nine-year-old, and we would let them go over there and they would be with Sterling and she would have her walkie talkie. And it was kind of a agreed upon thing with the grownups that when Sterling was asked to come back to her campsite, that our boys came back as well. And that kind of was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had these for our kids? We kind of felt stupid for not thinking of it beforehand, know, to be honest. Right? Like it, it just makes so much <laughs> sense. And so what we what we have to say though is don't buy the the toy walkie talkies that you might find no, at a toy store. No, we had no. a pair of Lego walkie talkies, and that just doesn't cut it. For they were camping. cute, but they don't cut yeah. it. So what we really like is the brand is called, I think you pronounce it, Retivis, R-E-T-E-V-I-S. And it's the the RT628 is the model. And if you look on Amazon, it's the number one best-selling kids radio on Amazon. It's got a five-star uh, rating. And the, they're normal walkie-talkies, but what's nice about them for kids is that they're small they're lightweight, but they're rugged, and they still have a big push-to-talk button. There's not a lot of buttons and stuff that they can mess around and yeah, screw up on they're it. they're great. And they have been through plenty. They've been dropped plenty of times. And so I think it was a really solid purchase when we were looking for walkie-talkies because prior to this, I mean, we've been through a few walkie-talkies in this family, you know, and every time we get walkie-talkies, we're always getting those kid ones when we were back in our old place. And... They never, like, you couldn't even hear someone who was in the living room, and you couldn't even talk to anyone if they were in the kitchen. And we were living in, like, a thousand square foot apartment. So these walkie-talkies have been great. And you can use them for other things. You can use them to help back up into a campsite. You can use them. Sometimes Abby will be driving our van behind me, and, and she can have that instead of us trying to talk on our cell phone when we're not hooked up. Um, yeah, or sometimes dollar. we don't have cell service. Yeah, that happens right. a lot. Like when we're in more remote areas, we don't get cell service. Yeah. So there you go. So the last item, and this isn't something that we own, but it's something that we've talked to people and that highly recommend it. So it's something we're kind of looking into. And by the way, I'm pretty sure you said there were four items on this list. There are and five. five. Again, we can't count. We have an issue with math, and this is the second in a row like episode where we have been poor mathematicians. It's sad. There are five <laughs> items on this list. So this fifth mysterious item that Jason keeps dropping is... It's a bonus item. It's the bonus item, So yeah. it's a GPS tracker. And these are cool little devices. They're little... Like, they are really cool little key devices. key size things that allow you to find where your child is if you don't know where they are. And that's, you, you know, it, it's, it's not about sort of checking on your phone every five minutes to see where they are. But if there's an emergency, these things, they have an SOS button you can press if you're the kid and you have it. And it will text up to three numbers. It will call up to three numbers. Uh, and you can actually have a voice conversation if you're within cell range. Yeah, this thing has a lot of bells and whistles on it. And I've talked a little bit about like how this would maybe fit into our life. And one thing we had talked about is like if Jason and the and the kids or Jason and a couple kids, maybe they were going to go off on a hike and we are in a remote area where there is no cell service, something like this, should anything happen or or to them or to me, 
could potentially allow us to communicate with one another. Communicate and or to you know look on a map on a, on on the internet and see yep. where they are. You can set up a geofence. So Although if can, we have no cell service, we probably don't have any internet. So that's true. Yeah. You know that probably doesn't work. <laughs> but but you can set up a geofence so you can see like if if a child leaves a certain radius, you you know you set up a two mile radius and they leave that area. Then you get a text and a call, um, things like that. You can see how fast they're driving, if they're driving. Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> wow. I mean, as a kid, what a bummer. Um, so what is this brand called? I'm going to so let you say the name. The, it, I, <laughs> well, it's five letters. L-E-S-H-P. Leshp. So this one was, was recommended <laughs> to us, um, and we sort of checked a few diff- different ones out, and... Uh, we liked this one the best uh, because it's got the best battery life of any of the units we checked out. You can get a charging cradle from it for it. You do have to get a SIM card that you pay a monthly subscription to use for, but it's usually about five bucks a month uh, yeah. to do so. So not, and this not is a little deal. expensive. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, the, this so, is so it's about a hundred bucks itself. The, yeah, the piece I mean, itself. but it's... we could. We were thinking we would only need one. And we could pass yeah, it around true. between us. You know, true. We, don't, we wouldn't put one on each of our kids. And Yeah, I don't know. really think we're into this season of life. Obviously, we don't have anyone driving or going outside of boundaries in such a way that I would feel the need to track. Um, but I do think that even, again, this could be something for hikers and backpackers. doesn't have to be kid-related. That you could have as another safety measure when you're out. You know, especially if you're, especially if you enjoy hiking, climbing, or backpacking alone. Yeah, again, not just for adults. Yeah, or not just not for just kids for kids, but for adults. But for adults. So there you have it. That's kind of like the five items, the five items that we have taken a look at. That four out of those five we actually have kind of tested ourselves, and you will be able to check it out for yourself on the show notes. We'll link to it. Um, and again, if you use any of these products or you read this and you're like, you know, I've got something I think you guys, you guys should check out. We would love to hear that. Leave a comment and we would love to take a look at it. All right. (laughs) So on that note, let's go ahead and take a break. And we'll be right back and we'll talk about RVing around Chicago. Chicago. We'll be right back in a minute. Welcome back. Let's talk about Chicago. So we're kind of Chicago experts. I don't know that we're experts, but we definitely have put in a few hours in Chicago. We lived in Chicago for about 15 (laughs) years. I don't know that we could call ourselves experts, though. (laughs) I mean, there's so much in Chicago. There's a a lot to learn about Chicago. But we've also spent a lot of time... In our RV around Chicago, yep. staying a lot of different campgrounds. I would say we really have kind of become experts at RVing Chicago. I will, I will give you that. I will give you that. And a lot of people um, say that they try to avoid Chicago in their RV, and we are, we want to give you some reasons that it is worth staying there. Yeah, you know when we were kind of looking into 
when we knew, so let me backtrack. When we knew we were moving out of our apartment and we knew that we were going to be moving into Wanderbus and we also knew that we had work that needed to keep us in Chicago for a while. So we knew we had to get a campground. And so we started investigating what is around in Chicago. And I was a little surprised by how much was around Chicago and like how much could actually keep us close to the city without having to spend two or three hours to get to where we needed to go. So that kind of prompted us to put together an RV camping in Chicago article, which is over on our personal website, our where we chronicle our travels. Yeah, our family journey. It's ourwanderingfamily.com. And we'll, and we'll again, link to we'll it link in the show it. notes, and you can go and check it out for yourself. So before we talk about different places you can stay in Chicago. Let's talk about what you can do in Chicago. Oh my gosh, what can you not do in Chicago, especially this time of year? Well, people are often shocked to realize that Chicago has just miles and miles and miles of beaches. Oh my gosh, yes. Lake Michigan this time of year is so beautiful. And they're freshwater beaches, so if you are adverse to salt water in any way... This is this is your place. If this is your place to go. They're, they're nice and, and... I miss Foster Avenue Beach. That was our jam, like in the summer. There are all kinds of free festivals. You've got the Taste of Chicago, all kinds of neighborhood oh, festivals, yeah. rib festivals, lots just, of food festivals. <laughs> yes, we do like food in Chicago. But even if you just focus like on downtown, and I think for the purposes of this conversation... When people are coming to visit Chicago, they're going to spend the majority of their time downtown. And the amount of museums and Millennium Park and the festivals that happen in Millennium Park and the Grant Park Orchestra and shopping on Michigan Avenue and the theater that's downtown, you there is just so much. And even as a person who has lived or lived in Chicago for 15, 16 years, I still thrill at going downtown, especially in the summer, and participating in everything there is to see, and just taking in the beautiful architecture. Yeah, and and if you're if you're a fan of art, the Art Institute of Chicago it, it's rated by TripAdvisor as the best museum in the world, literally the best museum in the world over the Louvre. Well, their impressionist collection is just. It's incredible. I mean, they have my most favorite painting in the whole world, which is Van Gogh's The Bedroom. And and a whole lot of other Van Gogh's. And a whole lot of others. So, I mean, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's a great museum. And it's fun for the kids, too. I mean, we have taken our kids there several times. And while we may not make it through the whole museum in one trip, they have put in a new family center area that is specifically kind of geared towards the younger crowd. And then there are plenty of things inside the exhibits that our kids find really fascinating. Yeah. So it's great. And you can access downtown. So you're probably thinking right now, like, okay, well, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to camp? And you know, how long is it going to take me to get into downtown? And if you have the capabilities, a really great place to camp is at McCormick Place. Yeah, McCormick Place is is sort of the big convention center in Chicago. It's actually the, the biggest convention center in the country, I believe. And it has this big, it's, it's where all the trucks park. It's called mm-hmm. the marshalling yard. And RVers are allowed to park there. It's 35 bucks or so. Yeah. There's nothing 
about this it place other than concrete. You're yeah. just parking your it car. It is total boondocking. You're paying to boondock. And, um, but you, you're paying to be essentially in downtown. And McCormick Place is situated right next to Museum Campus. So you will have, within walking distance or biking distance, the Field Museum, the Shedd Aquarium, the Planetarium, and then easily from there, you have the water taxi you can take over to Navy Pier. Mm-hmm. Like It's so central to everything you would want to do downtown that if you can stay there for two or three nights, you can boondock for two or three nights, you are just going to get so much of your money's worth. And even though it's a giant parking lot, there's room. You're allowed to put your slides out. You can grill. You can put your chairs out and all that. It's not like being at a Walmart. Um, you do have a little bit more flexibility yeah, on that. Yeah, for sure. So that's really the only option in the heart of this city Yes. to, to do. And really, you don't want to be ro- driving your RV around downtown Chicago very no, much. No, no, you really shouldn't <laughs> Unless you're in that. like a Class B uh, <laughs> yeah. van, then maybe. But if, yeah, but if maybe. You're, if you're over 22 feet or so... It's going to get a little... First of all, you're not going to be allowed to park on any city streets anywhere. No. And you're not going to be allowed on Lakeshore Drive. So really, you're going to be... You're really going to be coming into the city. And you can do that in your your tow or towed vehicle. Mm -hmm. You can take public transportation. And that's the great thing about McCormick Place is that you can just take public transportation there. Mm -hmm. So once you are parked and you get your rig set up, like you don't need to drive. You can rent a bicycle if you don't have bicycles. There's taxis, there's buses, there's the the L, the train. You know, you will have everything you need to completely explore the downtown area. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just great. I can't say enough about it. We did not obviously do that when we were looking for more permanent places to stay because it was so short term. And so because we needed somewhere a little bit longer... And let's say you want to come and spend a week. Well, we have found that the forest preserves of Cook County over the last few years have been upping their game, I guess. Yeah, they, they've built some beautiful brand new Man, campgrounds. they're so they're, pretty. They're gorgeous. They don't have sewer. No, they if don't. That's, if that's necessary for you. But if you're one of those people that will only use your RV's bathroom, you should know that these campgrounds have really really nice bathrooms they were really nice and they were really clean yeah especially for for a public facility yeah and so so the the forest preserve campgrounds there's maybe five of them i think we think there's five and we've either stayed at three or four i know there's five total and i think one of them you cannot camp out okay but we have stayed i think we stayed at all the other ones that you can a couple of them are very small you yes, know, the couple, Sullivan couple is that, really small. Sullivan only has maybe 10 RV spots. I, I don't even say. think maybe they had that many. That. Uh, Bullfrog Lake, I think, is the biggest. That maybe. was so pretty. And there are so many hiking like trails mm-hmm. in and around Bullfrog, too, that it's great. And we will have um, a link again to the article where we talk about camping and RVing in Chicago. And then inside that article, we also have links to all of the campgrounds that we're talking about too. So you can go and check them out for yourself. Yeah. So then outside of the, the Cook County forest preserves, as you start, start to move away from the city a little bit, you'll start to see some private campgrounds. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people talk about a KOA 
that is, is it Northwest? It's in Union. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really far away. It's really far away. Everyone always says the camping in Chicago, you have to camp at the KOA. Well, the KOA is like two or two and a half hours, depending on traffic. Yeah, it's essentially in Rockford. Yeah. I would never recommend somebody staying that far. So other other private options that are closer, you can you can go to um, the Hollywood Casino has oh, an yeah. RV resort. It's not like free RV camping like some casinos have, but this is a full hookup RV resort. And it comes with, uh, it, it's about $35 a night, comes with breakfast Done. At, the, at the attached Done. hotel. So so that's a cool benefit. That's a very cool benefit. There are some state parks around. Um, Starved Rock State Park is really nice. Again, it's a little bit But that's bit really far. Out. I don't think I would recommend state, like, well, what, Starved Rock to someone who wants to spend a good chunk of their time the only, in Chicago. The benefit of it, the only benefit of Starved Rock it is a little far, but if you're only going to go into the city for a day or so, Starve Rock itself is also a destination. And I think that's yeah. what makes it different from all these other things is that Starve Rock, to me, it's good enough that it could be a national park. Well, then I would just say to you, boondock for one night at McCormick yeah. Place and then travel on to Starve Rock and spend your time there. Don't drive in. I mean, because that's at like 90 no, that's a, like it's like two hours. It's, it's, it's about ninety minutes. I'd say I'd say ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah, but I would say like if travel. that, yeah. you know, if that's a, a destination place for you, and it should be because it's beautiful. Um, but maybe if you want to spend some time in the city, do do McCormick Place and then yeah. move on for sure. Yeah. However, you can get something that's beautiful and scenic, similar to like what Starved Rock would fulfill for you if you stayed at the Indiana Dunes. And then came into the city from there. Right. A lot of people don't realize Indiana actually borders right up against Chicago. So you can stay at the Indiana Dunes. The Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore um, is is just incredibly gorgeous. Oh, it's so gorgeous. pretty. It's so pretty. You don't want to stay at the National Lakeshore <laughs> Campground because that is no hookups, I believe. And I think it's first come, first serve. Yeah, I think it's all. It's always first come, first serve. The, Indi- the Indiana Dunes State Park, though, is reservable and has hookups. No, I think it's only reservable during their peak season. And then what right. happens with a lot of places is during the off-season, it's just to and, drive in and, and there's no get need a spot. To reserve, yeah. Yeah. But what's great about staying out there is that, yes, you could drive into the city, and it's not a bad drive. It's going to be about an hour or so to get into downtown. Or you can take the South Shore Line. You can take the Metra. You can drive the car to the train station, and then you can take the train in. And again, that train is going to drop you off right at Museum Campus, and then you're going to have public transportation access to anywhere within the downtown area that you want to go. So you can come into the city and not have to have a car, which, yeah. you know, for us, I think our first few years of living in the city, we didn't even own a car. Like when our first son was born, we spent the majority of his early toddler years, we didn't even have a car. Yeah, we didn't you, need one. You don't need one. And it, it can actually be a hindrance when you're in downtown because it costs a lot of money to it park. It costs out. a lot of money. And they also really like to give you parking tickets. <laughs> so, you know, so, <laughs> avoid that. <laughs> so let's talk about the elephant in the room, though. There's an elephant? Safety in Chicago. Oh, oh, yes. There's yes. a national narrative right now yeah. that Chicago is a very dangerous city to visit. Yeah, but, you know, 
we know that to not be true. And I think like any major big city, you be safe, you be aware. But Chicago is not, I think, again, you've ta- you're talking about the national narrative. I don't think in our mind that it is as intense as it is portrayed. Yeah, especially in the touristy areas. Yeah. You know, you, it, it, you're, their touristy areas are very clean, very safe. You're not going to be driving through some of the dangerous areas. Just like if you were driving to L.A. or New York, you wouldn't be going to some of the more dangerous neighborhoods. It's, it's all about where you go. Chicago is huge. So, you know, go downtown, enjoy Millennium Park, enjoy the lakefront, enjoy all the, all the nice things to do, and, and really don't worry about it. No, be smart. You know, don't leave your backpack open or anything like that. You know, there, those are things that can happen and things can be pickpocketed. And, you know, that's pretty like, you know, tourist 101 sort of. But I think that for a lot of Chicagoans, yeah, you know, there is a some issues with violence and we do all have our own grievances with things that are going on inside the social structure of our city. But if I was, you know, and we didn't leave, like go full time because we were trying to escape Chicago, that really didn't factor into it. But I think, you know, you will hear that, oh, a hundred thousand people left Chicago last year. Well, we're all leaving because we're tired of being taxed, really, if we're going to get down to it. You know, I think like (laughs) yesterday or the day before the soda tax went into effect. So, you know, um, Chicago is beautiful and it is beautiful in the summer. It is beautiful in the spring. It is beautiful in the fall. And if you really like cold, biting wind, it's <laughs> great in the winter too. <laughs> uh, but I don't, so I don't want to be there in the winter. Um, but there are plenty of camping options and we can't speak high enough or high enough of our home that we raised our boys and spent our early years, formative years before we became parents. So it's great. And check it out and put it on your travel list if you haven't already. Absolutely. No reason to skip it whatsoever. Nope. Get yourself to that windy city. All right. Are you ready for this week's brain teaser? Okay. Let me shake it out because we were just talking about home. So now I need to turn my mind to things not as interesting. So this one involves, uh, kind of involves travel. Okay. Involves bicycles. Okay. A B. Okay. And a lot of math. Oh, Jason, we've already proven that we are not (laughs) very good at math. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. So here, uh, you might want a paper and pencil for this. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm ready. So you've got two bikes, right? Two bikes are traveling toward each other at a constant speed, 10 miles an hour. When the bikes are 20 miles apart, a bee flies from the front wheel of one of the bikes toward the other bike at a constant speed of 25 miles an hour. As soon as it reaches the front wheel of the other bike, it immediately turns around and flies back, still 25 miles an hour, toward the first bike. Got it? Mm-hmm. It continues this pattern until the two bikes smush the bee between the two front tires. Oh, do they have to smush the bee? Can I mean, we already have 
a decreasing bee population. Okay, really. The, till the bee escapes near death. Okay, thank and you. And goes on to I pollinate all the flowers. I feel better about that already. Thank you. Okay. Got it? Okay. Yes. So just to recap, we've got two bikes. They're coming towards each other 10 miles an hour. When they're 20 miles apart, a bee starts from one bike, moves to the next bike at 25 miles an hour, and then back. And as the bikes are getting closer and closer, the bee is moving back and forth. So the question is, how far... Does the bee travel? Total? Yeah. Before it narrowly escapes death? Yeah. Uh, Well, I wrote some numbers down. And if I was to take just a stab in the dark, uh, and I don't want to because then everyone's going to laugh, but I would say it's going to travel about, I don't know. 15? You're not doing math. What? I don't know. You can't guess. I don't know. This I don't want to guess. This is not a guessing game okay. here. I can't. This is a brain teaser. You have to <laughs> have t- the proper mathematical answer. Jason, there's too much pressure. Okay, well, I can't. I have so, to, I'm going to go and, and I don't want to be writing into the microphone either because that will just drive people crazy. I'm going to take my paper away later and figure it out. And well, not you, cheat. You got a week to cheat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so if you think you know the answer, send us an email and we might say your name on the show next week if you have the correct answer. Yes, we just might. So <laughs> everyone's going to be waiting all week to I find know. out what's going to happen here. <laughs> so, And that seems like we'll leave it here with the bike and the bee for this week's episode. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, ponder yeah. that as we... As we go away. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you guys for listening this week. It's been great having you with us. And uh, keep on logging those RV miles. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.